Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program of information on the ever-changing world of accessibility. Now here are the hosts of this program, Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. Hello, I'm Nancy. And I'm Pete. Today we have something really special for you. We're going to write our first computer program right here on the show. We'll be talking about a new project called CodeJumper that is being distributed by the American Printing House for the Blind that is a fun and easy way for people to learn how to code. We'll speak with Dave Wilkinson, Director of Sales and Customer Service at the APH about CodeJumper and how you can learn to program computers from it. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Dave Wilkinson. Dave has provided some of our best tips over the years, and here are some more of his practical tips for getting the most out of using some technical gadgets he's got. I've been playing with all kinds of stuff. I'm using my Apple Watch to know if someone's at my door through the Ring doorbell. I've got a bicycle with a uh, trainer set up in my basement that I can control with my phone as far as the speed the tension, the resistance of the bike for training for this silly Iron Man that I've become obsessed with. What's a good tip? I'm trying to think of something that's really cool. <laughs> I'm never going to beat the luggage locators. That was the absolute best. Oh, the luggage locators was great. You know, people are always saying, what, what kind of tip do we have to give? It's like, it doesn't even have to be relevant. This one guy... <laughs> We missed Christmas where I was turning on the decorations with Alexa. Oh, geez. Which was fun. You'd sit in the living room and you'd go, turn on Christmas, and all the front lawn would spring to life. Um. <laughs> well, you know, if you want to just say something about, like most of the show is about this product that was initiated at Microsoft, but you're also a fan of some of these Apple devices, and here are some cool things you do with your Apple Watch. I just got the Apple Watch, and part of the reason that I got it is so I can keep track of swimming. Again, going back to this triathlon training, I have it set on everything silent so that I can run around the office and not have to remember to grab my phone and throw it in my pocket. And I still know when I get a text so that if my wife is telling me that I need to remember to do whatever it is that I've forgotten to do, I don't have to remember to actually get back to my phone to get the message. <laughs> so I've found it to be at first it was sort of a silly add on. And now it's become a crucial part of my existence. Cool. Well, I think we got a number of tips there from you with the doorbell and your bicycle controlling with your phone and using the phone <laughs> in general. And uh... I am wired up on the old bicycle, man. I can look at my heart rate. I can control the speed, the tension, the resistance, the number of watts that I'm outputting. I am plugged in, bro. And the best thing is these new smartphones are waterproof these days. You don't have to worry about exercising too hard and destroying your phone. I know, and then it's just fun to put them on record and throw them into the tub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave, you're always so much fun to interview. <laughs> and you're easy to edit, too. Well, good. You know, technical gadgets may not be for everybody, but if you are into new technology and gadgets, there are a lot of new, fun, and even useful products and technologies out there that you can really have a good time with and sometimes enhance parts of your life. Anyway, Dave also mentioned the luggage locator. Do you want to remind them, Nancy, what the luggage locator tip was all about in a previous show? The first time we interviewed Dave, he was a sales rep. 
and he traveled a lot. And we actually met him in person when he was in Rochester, New York, demonstrating some products to a potential customer. And his tip, because he travels a lot, when he's trying to find his way back to his hotel room alone, totally blind, he keeps a luggage locator inside his hotel room and then the beacon on his person so that as he goes down the hall and he's counting doorways, he can hear from the luggage locator which room is his. Great tip. Let's start by meeting Dave and his coworker Jonathan and learning about APH's mission and their expanded line of products. I'm Dave Wilkinson. I'm the Director of Sales for the American Printing House for the Blind. And I'm here today to talk to you about some of the latest happenings with APH, including Code Jumper, which is a project that we just launched a couple of weeks ago in London. And then we had the U.S. launch of it in Florida. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And also with me, I have Jonathan Wall. Hi, I'm Jonathan Wall. I'm the public relations manager here at American Printing House. And we're just super excited. We've seen kids use this over the last couple of weeks and just the smiles and excitement as they get to learn coding. It's been really wonderful to see. Give us a quick refresh of what APH does, and then we'll get into the specifics of the Code Jumper activity and project. All righty. And what APH is and does is shifting, so it's a good time to ask the question. Uh, the APH has been around for 161 years. Virtually any blind or visually impaired person in North America has grown up with APH textbooks in your classrooms or using, if you're from my generation, the old APH four-track machines. I've had those. Uh, you better believe it. I still have mine. You know, or book ports, or we have Tactile Town, and we have all kinds of educational aids for kindergarten through 12th grade. In the last year or so, since I was brought on board, we have made a conscious effort to start expanding how we view education into being a lifelong process so that we're not going just K through 12, but we're looking from when you're born up until you're really, really, really old. So we're looking at education as a lifelong process. To that end, we have taken on a lot of the former American Foundation for the Blind websites like Career Connect, Family Connect. Vision Connect. We have a division of APH called APH Innovations, which is looking at some experimental products. We just had our first uh, introduction of our first APH Innovations line product uh, called Jupiter. It's a video magnifier that we introduced at ATIA. By the time this program airs, we will have had our second product launch, which is going to be the Sunu Band, which is a smartwatch-sized device that emits sonar waves and vibrates, gives you haptic feedback, letting you know what's in front of you. It also has some really cool physical fitness capabilities, and it can do some really neat things with directions in conjunction with Google Maps. And we've got some other really exciting projects uh, that are in mind so that we're trying to expand what we do to be sort of your first stop if you have any questions, concerns, issues, et cetera, dealing with blindness, visual impairment, or anything of the sort. So our mission has really broadened from what it used to be. In light of your broadened mission and your broadened scope of products, does APH still stand for American Printing House for the Blind? 
It does. And one of the more common jokes around the building is that there are a number of things that we couldn't change even if we wanted to. Uh, the American Printing House for the Blind was established uh, as a printing facility for alternative format textbooks, and that name is etched in stone and couldn't be changed without permission from Congress. And we're not even going down that road. <laughs> One of the common jokes in the building, if someone brings something up every now and then, it would, you know, is, you know that would take an act of Congress, right? And I guess it would. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But it is a little bit misleading as far as the name. We do a whole lot more than just production of braille and large print and digital materials. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. This week's focus topic is Code Jumper, a fun way for kids and adults to learn the principles of computer programming. Anyway, Dave, we talked with you several weeks ago on Eyes on Success about some of these recent changes and the expansion of your services that you're making available and the projects you're involved in. So if people want to hear some more details about that, they should go back and listen to that episode. Go find me. It's always worth it. That is true. <laughs> But today, we wanted to talk specifically about the Code Jumper project that you've recently announced. So, can you give us a quick summary of what Code Jumper is and why people should be interested? Absolutely. Code Jumper, it was a project that was originally started by an employee of Microsoft, Cecily Morrison, with a blind son. She was frustrated that there was no real way for her son to grasp the concepts behind programming, and then to have a tool where he could put those coding skills into immediate action. And so she developed this really cool product that we ended up naming Code Jumper. We were chosen to be the distributor of this product so that it was developed by Microsoft and distributed by APH. And what Code Jumper is, is basically a way of turning coding into an auditory and physical experience. Can you describe Code Jumper? In front of me, I have a hub that is connected to my computer via Bluetooth. On my computer, I'm running an app called Code Jumper. And then I have a number of different little pods that can plug in to this hub. And the pods are about the size of a computer mouse, and there are various types of pods. There's what we call an action or play pod, which has two knobs, one which is a lower knob, uh, sort of broader, reminds me of something you'd use to tune radio stations on an old transistor radio. And then you have a slightly higher, narrower knob that's used to change the pitch, and the lower knob is used to actually change the action. So the bottom broader knob changes the actual sound, and there are various soundscapes that are available on here, and you can actually create your own. And the taller, skinnier knob changes the pitch of the sound or the duration of that sound. And then there are other types of pods because you do more than just make things happen with code, and each one of these pods represents a separate line of code. Then we also have loop pods, which have one knob on them, which changes how many times you would hear a particular loop, and then it has two cables jutting from that loop that you would tie into the action pods. And if you tie them in incorrectly, you get a goofy noise because your code doesn't work right. And if you tie them all in correctly, just like with programming, 
it's going to work. And then there are various things that you can do. We have pause pods, which are a little bit different. They have one knob and only one cable. They're also, all these different pods are different colors so that they're high contrast. So that if you're low vision, uh, it's also easy for you to tell the difference between pods. So this works for low vision as well as totally blind youngsters. Absolutely. And we would argue that part of the genius of this is that it works not only for low vision and blind youngsters, but this is this is fun. This is something that you could take into a classroom and have all of the kids in a classroom learn about the basic concepts of coding without the blind child being off in a corner using his or her own specific piece of blindy equipment while everybody else does something that's really cool and fun. Because this is cool and fun, too. That's a great way of learning coding. First of all, as you said, you have to make it fun for people to get involved. But also, it's very tactile and almost like putting play blocks together in different orientations. But you get a function out at the end. That is very much what it feels like. And in a second, we're going to construct a whole sort of story motif as we're going along. And I've got all kinds of different soundscapes that I can use. We've, we've made it sing, row, row, row your boat, and twinkle, twinkle, little star. One of these days, if things ever tune down enough, I'm going to try to make it do row, row, row your boat in a round so it can sing to itself on top of itself. <laughs> we claim it's 7 to 11, but that also includes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, it sounds like you're targeting children, but there's enough content built into the Code Jumper that a beginning programmer adult could also enjoy learning from it. Well, and there's a whole section where you can do custom sounds. So that if you don't like any of our soundscapes, hey, go create your own, brother. Be my guest. Oh, so you go way past beginners. We do. And this goes beyond what we're doing in this podcast. But you can create variables like you can create an, you know, something that's infinite. There are other variables, you know, pluses and minuses that will dictate which controls are, are executed. But you can get pretty complex. You can do things with the pause pods, like we have multiple threads. You know, that's how I intend to do row, row, row your boat with the round is to have a second audio thread and I'll have a pause where it waits a couple of beats and then we'll have it start with row, row, row your boat after the first person starts singing it. So you can get really pretty complicated. So this simulates many of the kinds of functions that you might perform in a real programming language, different threads where different programs go off and do something while some part of the program is doing another activity. And you can build on this and make it more and more complex. Absolutely. What kind of audio feedback is there for blind children? There are little things that are done, like whenever you plug one of the loops in, you hear a little click. And that little click lets you know that you've got a successful connection between one pod and another pod so that you've got auditory clues to let you know that things are working as they should just as far as things being connected. Can you give us an example of a very simple program you can put together? Why, you'll be shocked to hear this. I can. You're always prepared, Dave. That's what we like about interviewing people like you. There you go. We're going to use one of my favorite little motifs, which is I have it set to thread one, and I've got it set for a cowboy sort of motif. And we're going to tell a story here. And so I'm going to use my bottom knob here. And I can have a horse. I can have a door. I know that I don't want either of these, so we're going to keep going. That sounds like a good beginning to me. And remember that top knob, I could change the pitch of that piano. 
that's a cowboy who's tired. <laughs> we'll go with. <laughs> I'm having fun already, and we haven't even started coding. I know. <laughs> this is kind of the way it goes. And so we've got a sort of an introductory little piano piece. And we flip through a lot of our sounds. And so after we have our little beginning, you know, dum, da, da, dum, now we can tell our story. And so we're going to find us a horse. And we're going to have the horse ride in. <laughs> I'm using my bottom knob. Let's go one more. There we go. There's that horse. But the horse does more than just gallops. It's got to make a noise. So we're going to move to pod three. There we go. So now let's see what we've done so far. We've got three lines of code, and I can move back to my hub, and I press a little triangular play button. Awesome. So we're telling a story here. Now we're going to plug the next pod in. You're going to hear a little click. I already had those first pods plugged in. And I heard a door open so that we've ridden up to the saloon. And let's find this door and open it up. We're spinning the, the bottom knob. Yeehaw! No, we'll get to you later. <laughs> There's our door. So now we're in the saloon. And now we're going to have some fun. We can create a loop. And I've got a loop set up. So that in the loop dial, I can control how many times loop is played. One, two, three, four. It'll go all the way up to eight. We won't do anything silly, so we'll go to two. Three, two. And I've got the guy set up for yeehaw and then the girl. And so you're going to hear yeehaw, yeehaw twice. At the very end, I have just a little piano closure so that we bring our skit to an end. Okay. And so this is what Dave's masterpiece will sound like as a whole. I'm moving my hand down the pods. In the loop. Successful program. How cool. Wow. Isn't that cool? We just wrote our first program on the show itself here. We did, and we had a loop. We had our loop go twice, and then we, you know, and, and I could get really goofy and have the yeehaw go to infinity, but I, I think the people that are next door to this conference room would probably get cranky with that. And our show doesn't run that long. <laughs> no, it does not run that long. <laughs> so if you get tired of your cowboy and cowgirl yelling yeehaw and you want them to quote Shakespeare, or you want the piano music to change, or whatever. I assume you've got a mechanism by which you can input anything you want. I do. There are several things that you can do. One, inside of the Code Jumper program itself. Thread two for cut. Thread one. Cowboy. Add thread. And it says thread one cowboy. Now I'm going to shift tab back until the beginning of this thread. Now, if I wanted a different thread instead of cowboy. Cowboy button. Space. I press the space bar to, to activate this, and now I've got a couple, uh, several different sound sets that I can choose Open from. Open box, sample sounds, speech, sample sounds, MIDI instruments. So under MIDI instruments, I've got things like the piano, I've got a saxophone, bagpipes, my personal favorite, 
Sample sounds. We're going to go back to sample sounds, and we're going to tab one more time to choose the type of sample sound. Space, sound category, combo box, sample sounds. Sound set combo box, open list box, cowboy. Beethoven fifth. Jingle bells. Explosion. Twinkle, twinkle. And we're going to go with twinkle, twinkle. Now, I'm ruining my masterpiece just for you, so that if I plug this in. Twinkle. So that's going to be the first note of twinkle, and now we're going to build twinkle, twinkle, little star. Twinkle. And I'm being relatively speedy just because otherwise you get caught up in all of my mistakes. Twinkle, twinkle, little. Here we go. Now we're moving to the next pod for star. Little star. And the top button, remember that we could change the pitch. Star. <laughs> so let's have some fun. Let's have the British chipmunk twinkle, twinkle, little star. Now we're going to move back and we're going to change all these. This is going to be fun. Twinkle, twinkle. We're making twinkle, twinkle backwards. Twinkle, twinkle. There we go. <laughs> so now we just hit play and we're going to get our twinkle, twinkle little star. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> Very cute so. and easy and quick. You could do all kinds of stuff with that, you know, and again, you could have it say star to infinity and you could create loops and we could get really bizarre and have twinkle, twinkle and row, row, row your boat at the same time. Or you could have your own sound set. Great. We have some poems that you know, we have little, little silly lines of poetry is one of our sound schemes. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff you can do with this. Great. So it sounds like in this demo, you talked about physically attaching these blocks to each other with wires somehow, but then it also seemed like you could view the state of all these boxes on your screen. So this is a two-way street. You can use both the computer and the series of blocks and components? Well, what I'm doing with the computer is I'm just hearing, like, I can hear the order that I have the blocks together. Got it. So you're not using the computer to do any of the rearranging of this information, but it's verifying the state of the blocks and the order of the blocks. Right. Got it. Play twinkle two for two times speed. <laughs> Play little for two times speed. Play star for two times speed. And I will and tell you, for, for someone who is sighted, the screen is showing the threads as well. So I can read play twinkle one for two times speed. So it is all there visually as well, but to manipulate and create the programming you are using the pods. Got it. Right. So that's good that the student can verify on the screen the state of all the pods with their screen reader, and a sighted adult can also follow what the student is doing. That's right. Or for that matter, a blind adult. You've got Braille output so that you could also scroll through this on your, you know, using your, your screen reader, and right. you'd be able to use a Braille display and not have speech turned on so that, you know, you're not interfering with your students' creativity, and you'd be able to see what's happening on the Braille display. Right. Well, what a great concept, because, you know, coding these days is such an important concept for people to learn, even if you're not a programmer. Even the way we use our mobile devices and other smart devices these days, talking to our smart devices, it's somewhat like coding. And to teach these skills at an early age to get people going seems to be really important. Well, and it's very simple. The hub just uses AA batteries. It connects via Bluetooth to the computer. All the different pieces are easily identifiable by touch, by looking at them. 
all the knobs are different. So, you know, it's been a big hit around here. Our, our level of work has probably suffered significantly because of Code Jumper. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I take it one starts by buying a base starter kit and then one can add to it as one needs more capabilities? We are still working bits and pieces of this out. There is a starter kit that has like eight play pods. It has a couple of loop pods and pause pods and then various other plugs for things like infinity and plus and minus. The pricing is still being worked out. We are doing everything we can to make it as reasonable as possible. And then we will have some sort of add-on packs of pods. Now, with all of that deciding that's still happening, the good news is, is that all this is happening very fast. We expect for this to be on the market by probably the end of July. So by the time we come to things like the summer shows, you're going to be seeing very much a final product. Well, we will certainly be looking for that to come out this summer. That sounds like a really exciting product and a very useful one for people to learn coding in a fun and entertaining way. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the American Printing House for the Blind, their new Code Jumper product, and others, and how to contact Dave Wilkinson. Apparently, Code Jumper will be available this summer of 2019. If people want to find out more about what's going on and keep in touch with progress, what should they do? For all things Code Jumper, I would go to, to our Code Jumper website, which is codejumper.com, C O D E J U M P E R.com. You will find information on Code Jumper itself. You will find information on a curriculum as it's being developed. You will find a link there to send us an email. There's a waiting list that you can sign up for, or it's actually at this point, it's an information list that'll become a waiting list uh, when we get to the point that we're able to take orders. So it has anything and everything that you could possibly want. And what is that email address? That email address is communications at aph.org. And you mentioned also that there's a lot of new things going on at APH. Tell people how they can find out what's going on at APH. There are a number of different things that you can do. You can send us an email to info at aph.org. People are always able to get in touch with me. My email is Dave Wilkinson, D-A-V-E-W-I-L-K-I-N-S-O-N at aph.org. Or you can call us. Our 800 number is 800-223-1839. Or you can call me directly at 502 502- Eight nine nine two three zero nine, And of course, the website is aph.org. As usual, you'll find all of the contact information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number 1910. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about the very accessible Weather Gods app and what it takes to make an app accessible. We'll speak with Scott Wilson Billing, the developer of the popular Weather Gods app for iOS devices, about how he became interested in accessibility and, with feedback from the blindness community, worked to make the very graphical Weather Gods app 
fully accessible for people using voiceover. If you have any questions regarding something you've heard about on the show or you'd like to share an idea for a future show, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net or call us at 585-210-8094. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio. Browse the full archive of programs, find instructions for subscribing to the podcasts, and much more at www.eyesonsuccess.net. You can also find us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook at Eyes on Success or Twitter at underscore Eyes on Success. We hope you will join us again next week for more information and updates on products for accessible living. Thanks for listening to Eyes on Success and have a nice day.